don't give up. Keep trying, keep being persistent and determined. Uh, don't let anyone tell you that girls don't make good mechanics or doctors or anything or whatever you want to pursue because it doesn't matter who or what you are or where you came from. You alone are responsible for what you become. Don't let anyone else define you. Let you define you. Let your work define you. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I want to make it yours. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Shelby Levitsky is in the driver's seat. She works for a school division in Canada as a heavy-duty mechanic repairing school buses. She shares her story of determination in her pursuit to find the company that would take a chance on a young female mechanic. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B, and I am here with Shelby. How are you doing today, Shelby? I'm loving the dream. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Absolutely. Why don't we share with the folks where you are from? Uh, I'm from Manitoba, Canada. Nice. And, and where, where's Manitoba at? Manitoba is right in the middle. Right in the middle. Um, yeah, kind of in the middle of the province. Nice. So I, I love when I'm able to take a Femcanic Global. So it's not just a United States thing. I have someone in the uh, waiting in the wings from the UK and then someone from Nigeria as well. So it's always fun to get folks from all over the world and really shrink the geographic perspective so that it's just all of us ladies clear around the globe. I love that. So why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about Shelby and how you got into this industry? Well, it all started when I was a little kid. Um, I was I was kind of your typical tomboy, always playing with trucks and helping my dad fix things and build things. Um, and then when I got older, uh, he got sick and, and kind of couldn't uh, pull wrenches anymore. So I didn't really have anyone to learn from. Uh, and I missed, I definitely missed ranching. So I want I knew that I wanted to pursue, not necessarily as a career at that time, but I definitely wanted to pursue an interest in mechanics. And when I was 16 years old, I, my ex-boyfriend, I was working with him on his derby cars. What kind of derby? Just out of curiosity. We did both. We did kind of the trucks and cars. It's just a smash up derby so oh the like the demolition like, derby yeah demolition derby did you did you ever drive in the demolition derby no no i was uh, i was just in the pit crew so i was the mechanic fixing it rushingly trying to get it ready for the next round that's awesome so 
that was uh, that was my job. And um, I think the the problem with that, though, I, I got kind of frustrated was he wouldn't let me help him per se. Like I was just handing him tools. He wouldn't really teach me how to do it by myself. So fast forward to when I'm 17 years old, I wanted to learn more about mechanics and I actually wanted to pursue more of a career in it. So I went and I asked my uncle Quinton, who is a heavy duty, heavy duty mechanic. And I asked him kind of what would be my, my better options in the trade. Like I wanted to pursue a career in it, but I didn't know which path to take small engines, automotive, heavy duty. So he kind of gave me some insight on that. And his uh, perspective was that I should try it out first, see if I like it. And he thought more of the heavy duty side of things because he's all about, you know, making money. And that's the in Canada, that's where you make the most money is in the heavier side of mechanics. When When you said he suggested try it out, like, what do you try out heavy duty or just try out mechanics in general? I think he meant just try out mechanics in general, um, but that kind of got the ball rolling. I, I, well, we have this career and it allows you to try out different trades or different jobs like nursing or whatever you kind of want to do. And so I asked him if his, if his job location would be willing to take on somebody to do an internship so that I could try out the trade and see if it was for me. And so he went and asked his boss and it was something they were willing to do. And we got all the papers signed and I was able to start an internship there. It's it's an un, unpaid internship just to see if, uh, if you like that sort of line of work. And so I worked there for about six months until I graduated high school. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. And that's the job I wanted to pursue. Like you said, you fell in love with it. What did you fall in love with? What about it? Uh, I think I fell in love with the fact that I got to take something apart that was broken and learn how to put it back together so that it was running. I think that for me was the coolest part about it. To me, it's like, okay, small engines and I'll call it small mechanics, even though that's not yeah. <laughs> just because we call it big and small, but you could do that with small. What what drew you to heavy duty in the large mechanics? My family has always been involved with the construction, demolition, uh, heavy duty mechanics. I have a lot of cousins who are involved in agriculture mechanics. And uh, I've always kind of grown up around that agriculture, um, construction, industrial sort of industry. And growing up, I always uh, wanted to pursue some sort of career kind of in construction or with heavy equipment because I liked operating tractors and loaders and skid steers. So I thought that that would be a, a very good fit for me, a good interest to pursue. So I, I have to ask, because I'm not as familiar with Canada, I'm making an assumption here. So do you live in a more um, country type setting? Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. This isn't like the Toronto, Canada, where, you know, the big city living, so to speak, a lot of fields and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, no, it's not. 
it's not anything like Toronto. Winnipeg is our closest city per se, and it's not a large city. But uh, most of Manitoba is very agricultural um, oriented, a lot of small towns, communities, farming, that sort of thing. Got it. I I can relate to that. I grew up in a uh, farming town. So that makes sense to me and why you would be drawn to the more heavy machinery because it it can go as easily from a dump truck to a tractor. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of of ingrained in you. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you got into the heavy machinery. Did you have any reservations or concerns or when you told people or started kind of socializing what you want to do, what kind of reaction did you get from people? I didn't have a lot of reservations. I was very I was very determined. I was very excited and I was very set that's what I wanted to do. Um I think it helped that I got to spend 6 months in the industry seeing what it was like, uh dealing with other mechanics in the trade who were all very supportive. Um I think the only negative feedback I got was from one of my old bosses. I worked at a I worked at a sort of a gas station or kind of an all all around small town store that kind of sells everything. And uh, one of my bosses jokingly said to me uh, when I asked to work kind of in the back fixing the lawnmowers, uh, jokingly said to me that women make shitty mechanics. So I took that kind of literally um, and I decided to prove them wrong. Good for you. Yeah, so I, you know what I maybe this is this is me and my own pet peeves. It when people and I'll say people in general because it's not just men, women do it too. I feel like when people quote unquote jokingly say things or sarcastically say things, I don't know as if I is it really joking then why just why say it? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, good for you for taking that next step. So I, I'm just curious, does he know what you do now? Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I think he's very shocked, but he's also, I guess, proud in a way that I've actually accomplished as much as I have. Which is really cool, you know, and that's a perfect, simple story where it's like women keep keep going. And, you know, it's something you were always interested in, but it's in a weird way, it's kind of nice to get that little extra, I don't know, motivation where it's like, you're telling me that you, that I can't or that I shouldn't. And I'm going to work extra hard to prove you wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of how I've always been. If someone like, even as a little kid tells me I can't do something, I'm going to work that much harder just to prove them wrong because I'm just that much more determined now. Yeah, yeah, you you and I are kindred souls because I'm the same way. <laughs> you tell me I shouldn't or I can't do it, I'm going to work extra hard just to prove you wrong. Yeah, exactly. I love your story and how you got into it. I think it's a great message to a lot of women because um, a, a, a lot of women that come and approach me, and it's strange, some people will even approach me on Instagram and ask me if I have any job openings, and I'm like, uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't like it's Femcanic Garage. It's 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 not a physical traditional job or garage like what you're thinking. Um, it, it's more of like, kind of like a uh, metaphor almost. But yeah. it, it, it's 
a lot of women will ask, you know, how do I get into it? Or they'll say, you know, I'm intimidated. I don't know where to start. I don't want, and what a great way you, I just love how you got into it where it's simple, where it's like, go out and just pursue an internship. I don't know too many companies that if you walked up to them and said, I will work for you for free. And all I ask is to be included in almost like an an apprenticeship almost. Yeah. I, I know if I'm a business owner, I would be silly, absolutely silly to turn away free labor. Yeah, exactly. So let, let's continue there. So you did your internship. It was a six-month internship. What happened next? Uh, well, what happened next, I started, I did up my resume and I started applying at a bunch of uh, construction rental companies, kind of the same as what I did my internship at. I even applied there, um, but they weren't taking any new apprentices on at the time. So I you know, just left my resume with them and said, if you ever have an opening, um, I, you know, you can call me up and we can have an interview and which I, I did get a job interview there later on, but I'll get to that. So I put my resume out at a bunch of different companies. Uh, I even started going to egg industries, uh, other shops, cause I wasn't really getting any feedback. I had one interview uh, with another company that dealt with electric forklifts. Uh, that interview went really well, but I kept kept trying, kept going. Um, and in the meantime, I was waitressing. So it was kind of funny. I met a few people who, you know, told me apply here, apply there, just because I was waitressing and kind of telling people my story of what I wanted to do. So I met some great contacts through there. I got to pause you, Shelby, because what you just said is a great knowledge bomb. Okay. <laughs> Again, people often ask, how do I do this? Like, that's just who you are, but what a great piece of information. No matter what you're doing, here you are waitressing, but you're still sharing your story with people. You're sharing your aspirations with people. You're sharing your goal with people. And in turn, you are getting contacts. Right. So... Great advice to women out there. If this is something you really want to do, talk to anyone and everyone about it, and you never know who they will help you get in contact with. That's brilliant. That's the best way to network, right? Yes, yes. What great advice. Keep going. I'm sorry. I had to I had to pause and make sure that the Femcanon community really thought about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, so from there, I actually got uh, two job offers. Uh, three months into waitressing and I got one job offer at from a school division working on school buses they asked me to come in for an interview and the second one I got just after my interview uh, with the school division was to go back and work for battlefield working on construction equipment so um I I did the interview. I got a job offer with the school division as well. So I had these two that I was kind of debating on. Not sure. Not sure. Like I, I, my heart was in construction equipment, but the school bus side of things, it it was really good opportunity for me. Uh, You know, it's a good job and you have great benefits. Uh, It's 
they say more of a higher red seal. Um, that's not entirely accurate, but what they mean by that is you can go from uh, being truck transport mechanic and you can work on construction equipment without having to take any extra training. But if you are working on construction equipment, trying to go to your red or truck transport red seal, it's it's a whole different animal. So you'd have to retake another red seal. So I, at this point in time, I went and talked to my uncle and said, hey, you know, what do I do? I've got job offers from both. I know I love working here, but at the same point, I have this other job offer. You know, what are your thoughts? And he said, you know what? He said, if I were you, I would take the job at the school division. He said, it's it's government funded, so it'll be a great job. You'll always have a job there. Um, it'll be a great pension, that sort of thing. Again, higher red seal. So he suggested that. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to try it. So that's where I ended up. And that's where I've been for the last three and a half years. And absolutely loving it. It's completely different from construction equipment, but it's still heavy duty mechanics and I still love it. So. Wow. What what a great story. So you've been doing it for three years and that's how you got into it. Now I'm curious, what is what has been your greatest challenge in this journey? I would say my greatest challenge would have to be I think new people who are coming in, not necessarily mechanics, but drivers and and staff who come in and you know come into the garage or I go out to a conference for training or we're updating our knowledge on on different buses different software that kind of thing um when when people kind of look at me like I'm the secretary you know um that's kind of be my greatest challenge is because I'm young and I'm female and I mean, at the shop, it's kind of easy to tell that I'm I'm there doing maintenance. But yeah. when I go for conferences and stuff, I've had people confuse me as a secretary. Or what do you do? How do you handle that? Um, I think one case in particular that sticks out in my mind. I was at a conference uh, in Winnipeg, and we were. It's a big trade show essentially is what it is where all the like Maxim International and you know Warner Bus Industries all these different bus companies and anything to do with with that sort of thing uh all these companies come together and they're advertising their new products they're advertising what they have and and why it's better and, and that sort of thing so I, I was there um learning about propane buses I had done all the research um, my supervisor, transportation supervisor, had asked me to research these propane buses to see if they were actually worth us getting and write up a big proposal to share with the board of directors at the school division to try and convince them to go the propane route versus the diesel for multiple reasons. Um, so I remember this one salesman was talking about their propane engine and it wasn't um, ready yet for sale for the market. Um, but he was kind of giving us 
the statistics about it and uh, what engine it is. And um, my, my supervisor was asking questions about it. And, you know, I tried to ask a question about it and he kind of ignored me and, and even had his back turned towards me and was just solely speaking with my supervisor. And my supervisor is firing questions at him that I've researched. And so at the end of this whole thing, the salesman, you know, looks at my supervisor and goes, wow, you really know your stuff about these buses. You must have done your research. And my supervisor, you know, bless his heart, uh, looks at me and he goes, actually, that's all her research. He said, I don't know any of this. He said, I'm just spouting off what she's been telling me. He goes, she's the one that's been doing all the research. She's actually our divisional expert. And so the guy turns around and looks at me and he's all red in the face. (laughs) And uh, so I kind of had a laugh at that point, you know, and uh, he goes, oh, well, I guess I'll give both of you my card. And I just politely took his card and I just kind of walked away and I just threw it in the trash can after that. I was so disgusted. Good for you. Good for you. I I don't (laughs) blame you a bit. Holy mackerel. A question I have about that out of pure curiosity at a high level, propane versus diesel. I mean, is one clearly better than the other? Well, from our divisional standpoint, the the reason we were looking at getting into it, and a lot of divisions are looking at switching over to different gasoline options for engines and buses, strictly because we're spending so much on maintenance with our diesel engines, with all the after-treatment stuff that's going on with them. Uh, you've got your DPF filters that you have to change out all the time. Uh, your EGR systems, uh, the coolers are always failing sensors. And then now your DEF tanks, you've always got pumps failing or freezing. And there's always, always problems with the after treatment systems. So what I, what I did, I was at a conference in Brandon and Brandon school division actually at the time when I was there, had about nine propane school buses. And these are a Roush Ford design. Um, and it, at Roush as in Roush Racing, they designed these propane engines um, from the daughter of the company she races and drag races and drag races these propane engines for Roush. And she's won countless, countless championships using strictly using propane so that was their idea behind it they modified it to fit other vehicles and now it's in school buses so I went to Brandon I wanted to see what it was all about and me being a mechanic I can kind of tell if it's going to work or not and I was talking with the mechanics over there and they said they absolutely love them they start in minus 45 degrees no problem which the diesel buses you hit minus 10 and they have a hard time starting even if they're plugged in. The propane buses, you don't even need to plug in because they just run. Hold up. I got to ask a question. Plugged in? What do you mean? Like Okay. <laughs> so for... I'm thinking of like Teslas. <laughs> Those get plugged in. But a diesel <laughs> engine? Uh, yeah. Or did you here... talk about like an engine heater? Yeah, like an engine heater and an oil got pan it. heater. So we have both. Um, up here in Manitoba because it gets super cold. Um, and in minus 40 or minus you know, 50, they won't start. Not, not even close. Even if they're plugged in, you've got the engine heater plugged in. 
Minus 50 degrees? Holy crap. <laughs> it gets that cold. I mean, school's Woo! still closed, but it uh, I still got to be there, so. Woo-wee. Man, I, I live in Ohio, and I'm, I'm going to give my uh, Ohio friends all kinds of crap next time they, they complain about 10-degree weather. <laughs> so by plug-in, it's an engine heater and an oil yes. pan heater. Okay. I yes. didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted no, to check no. myself on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. So the propane overall uh, is a better fit for the applications for school buses. Oh, overall. Well, in Manitoba, just because it's so cold. And we save on maintenance costs, fuel costs. There's a lot of upsides to it. And uh, what I found in my research that was interesting was that the children sitting inside the bus breathe in 50% more fumes from the bus inside the bus than someone standing or walking beside it. Are you kidding me? I'm not even kidding you. So propane in general for that reason, amongst others, is beneficial for the children too. Yes. It's so much cleaner. Oh my good Lord. And I, I love diesel. I'm a diesel girl. But uh, for a school bus application, it just makes more sense to go f the gas way. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, <laughs> I, yeah. I got two children that ride the bus. And yeah, I, it, it it's like school districts. What are you thinking here? Wow, that's it, fascinating. Yeah, it's scary to think about. <laughs> I know, right? So there's a couple other questions that just out of pure curiosity. So when when you talk about heavy machinery mm -hmm. and being a female, I hear women that work on cars, how men want to help them. And, and th th some of them is just about being helpful where there's heavy parts. And these are on cars. And even if you get into some of the trucks, but when you talk about heavy machinery, I imagine those parts are crazy heavy and big. They can be, yes. How do you manage that? We just have bigger tools. Uh, that's the simplest way I can explain it. Um, we have cranes, and a lot of the time you have either cranes or you have jacks, like floor jacks or transmission jacks. Uh, all sorts of different tools to help you lift these things. And we're encouraged, not just as females, but males as well, not to lift super heavy things because you're just going to either hurt your back or you're going to get a hernia or just because no one was built to really lift all these heavy things all the time and you're just going to wear yourself out. And eventually, you're going to be useless, and your body is your most valuable tool when you're a mechanic. A light bulb just went off, for me at least. If I'm thinking about this, it's almost more physically taxing working on a car because it's almost expected in shops that you lift and move things yourself. Something like wheels and tires, right? Right. Whereas with heavy machinery, the expectation is that you use tools or other machines to move things. Yes. So it's actually almost easier for women to work on heavy machinery because they're using the same tools that men use regardless. It, it totally levels the playing field. Absolutely. That's fascinating. That just never occurred to me. 
just because I've never worked on it, so I've never been in a heavy machinery shop to even see how things are navigated. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly right, Jamie. A lot of people just, I think, are scared away because there's so much heavy lifting or they think there's going to be heavy lifting uh, and they think they're going to be have have to lift, you know, a 200 pound tire off the ground, which, which you're not, you're never going to be expected to do use a pry bar or in our shop, we have a wheel or tire dolly uh, that you just jack up and then pull the tire off. And I know there's some shops, construction companies, they have massive, massive tires and no one's expected to lift those. You know, like some guys will, you know, pull the macho man card and lift them right off. And, but that's. And then injure their back and they're off yes. for 18 months and back surgery. Exactly. <laughs> and then they not, get work. Not worth it. No. I'll work smarter <laughs> over harder, harder any day. Yeah. And that's my motto in the shop. You work smarter, not harder. So your current role right now. Like, kind of walk us through it, you know, at a 60,000-foot level, a day day in the life of Shelby at the shop. Um, well, at the school bus garage, there's two locations. Uh, there's one, our division is very long, uh, so there's one down in Carmen, and that takes care of half the division. And then our bus garage is, is in Eli, so that takes care of kind of the north half of the division. And give or take, we have about 25 buses that we look after of our own fleet. And, you know, I've been really, really lucky that I got a job where I did um, with my foreman or head mechanic and uh, with the transportation supervisor that I have uh, because they give me every opportunity to learn. For example, I've done three engine overhauls since I started there. So it's about one a year. And the last one I got to do entirely by myself. I didn't have any help from anybody else. So I was pretty proud about that. (laughs) So, yeah, I was pretty excited about that. Um, And, you know, I, I have learned to fix everything from the basic, uh, changing a clearance light on a bus to overhauling an engine or taking out a transmission or doing body work, replacing the window glass, uh, recovering the seats if a kit is ripped it or wear and tear. Uh, engine work, we reseal the thermal pane glass on the sides. Um, pretty much anything that breaks on that bus. Uh, so you have everything you need to get an old bus and convert it into a party bus is what you're telling me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I am learning all these skills and I know where to get a bus super cheap when they retire. I'm going to make a party bus. Yes, yes. <laughs> you make that party bus and we we will cross the border and come and have some cocktails with you. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll make sure it's in the summer because winters are cold. Yeah, yeah. I, I would really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll keep you updated. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe we can just have, you can come down south a little bit into the States and we can do our little Femcanic tour. (laughs) (laughs) That would be perfect. That'd be outstanding. (laughs) Awesome. So I'm curious, you know, now you're what, 
four years into your career about. Is that right? Um, let's see. Yeah, about four and a half. Well, oh. maybe five years now. Okay. So about five years, give yeah. or take a month or two, into your career. What's been your, your greatest career accomplishment thus far? I would say, again, I would say my greatest career accomplishment would be completing that in-frame engine overhaul start to finish entirely by myself would be my proudest accomplishment. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. What? So what's up next for Shelby? Where do you, where do you see, what's your aspirations? What do you see you doing next or in addition to what you're doing? You know, I would like to, I think I would like to take this eventually when I get enough experience in the, in the trade, I would like to teach at uh, Red River College or ACC, something like that. And I kind of want to be the first uh, female heavy duty instructor. I think that's my goal. That is very much in the realm of possibility for you, my friend. That would be <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I I look forward to when I get a link forwarded to me and I see Shelby sitting there as the adjunct instructor and working your way up through the ranks there. <laughs> That's super exciting. Thank you. Now, you also do a little blog writing as well. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, so I'm a collaborator with the Mechanic Doctor and they are a an automotive blog um kind of a beginner guide on everything you need to know as an automotive mechanic and so they have uh articles from you know what tools you need starting out to uh how to reset your oil light on your dash depending on which vehicle you have like or resume templates for mechanics. They kind of have a little bit of everything and it's a very neat little site. Uh, I'm a collaborator with them. Uh, I've written a couple articles for them that have been published. Uh, one article, my recent, most recent article was, should your daughter be a mechanic? Um, and that one was actually presented to me from Jill Trotta, and the repair pal team from the states they had contacted uh g who's the kind of the creator uh of the mechanic doctor and uh, asked them if they would write a an article sort of encouraging women to kind of get into the trade if that's what they want to do um so g came forward to me sent me an email and uh, asked if i'd like to write this article um and RepairPal said they would, you know, provide people for me to interview, uh, people like Jill Trotta, who is quite famous um, down in the U.S. So I was very honored to get to interview her. And uh, we just, I ended up putting together this article that kind of highlights what are the good things about women in trades and kind of dispelling myths about what young the younger generation may have about it that's exciting it's crazy that you 
<laughs> it's such a small world, Shelby. Let me tell you, in, the, <laughs> in, in June, I was literally sitting at a, a, a dinner with about 12 women, and Jill was one of them. Jody oh, Devere wow. was Jody Devere was one. Bogie Leitner was sitting to my right. Connie Mangvinos was there, the founder of Girls Behind the Gun on social media. And I, there were there were, and I, I'm missing a bunch of women too. But I'm I'm literally I remember sitting at dinner, just looking around the table at one point, like pinching myself like <laughs> is this really happening like yeah <laughs> laura laura um that launched the um fiat in the united states was there now works for icon i mean it was just crazy like it, it's just and it's interesting that you bring jill up um that's awesome congratulations on that it's always a lot of fun and inspirational when you have a chance to uh, rub elbows, so to speak, with trailblazers. It is, absolutely. Well, and what's amazing about it is that they're all very down-to-earth. Yeah. yeah I, I miss the women. The women at the end of the table was um, um, the owner and um, – they changed her title recently, but um, of Shift Up Now, and I interviewed those ladies as well. Um, it was the first Shop Talk episode for Femcanic Garage, is how that do you get into so racing. Cool. It, it was just, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. That is so, so cool. Well, super cool. I, I need to talk you into becoming a guest blog writer for Femcanic Garage. Maybe I can <laughs> I can talk you into that. I and ironically enough, that particular article that you that you just spoke about is the reason why I reached out to you. I I constantly am scouring the internet and um, social media pages for finding women um, in the industry, but not just finding any women in the industry. It's how do I want to put it? The the women with the meat and potatoes. There's this big thing uh, amongst women where there's women who say that there's other women that are in the industry for attention mm-hmm. or attention seekers. And then there's the ones that get in there and want to prove everyone wrong. I I don't know which one I seek out purposefully, but what I look for is I don't I don't want to I don't look for pictures of women standing next to their car. I look for the pictures of women working on their car. I look for like what you saw the blog posts and you're a phenomenal writer. I I I'm not a big reader. I'm more of a listener. That's probably why <laughs> I'm a podcast host and I talk so I, <laughs> opposed yeah. to reading. But um, I read your entire blog and. I have ADHD, and the fact that I read your entire blog is kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. That's such a high compliment. <laughs> so I, I got through the whole thing, and I'm like, I need to reach out to this person and get her on my podcast. So here you are. Well, thank you very much. That's a very high compliment. I sometimes think I write too much because I talk too much, so I try and cut back, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, very much so. Very much so. And, it, and it's a great topic. It's an excellent topic. I actually had that article 
um, I was asked by one of my instructors at Red River to come to a career symposium that was put on by the Rotary Clubs of Manitoba, I believe, or Winnipeg. And I had this article sitting on the table with me, and we were actually teaching people as they're walking by, mostly just young students still in high school, but there was a night where they came with their parents. So we were teaching people of all ages uh, how to build these simple electric um, motors, just out of a battery, a magnet, and a piece of copper wire. So I had that on the table with me, and I was handing it out you know, to people I thought would be interested or who asked about it or who asked more about uh, becoming a mechanic or asking about their daughter becoming a mechanic, that sort of thing. So I'd hand them this article, tell them kind of my experience. And I thought it was so cool that we got to teach all these people just a little bit about our trade. And they actually got to take a little piece of it home with them. That is really cool. I love it. There is, uh, in 2020, uh, so next year, Femcanic Garage is going to be sponsoring a an all-ladies-owned car, truck, and motorcycle show. That's awesome. And uh, it'd be kind of neat if uh, we could get some heavy machinery, some something in there. Maybe it's even a trophy where, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to incorporate <laughs> that in some way, shape, or form. And maybe you can venture down across the border and come visit us for it. That'd be really cool. That would be. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. But uh, th- good times. I, I love it. God, I love meeting people. Mm-hmm. I think we're ready to launch into the red line round. Are you ready? I am ready. Yes. All right. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? You know what? Initially, I would have to say... My uncle Quentin has always been a very big inspiration, um, has always been a very big mentor to me, especially in the beginning of my career. And secondly, I would have to say when I was young and I was passing these construction sites, once in a while you'd see a woman working there, whether it was operating equipment or just, you know, having the shovel and shoveling out asphalt, whatever it was. And I was always very inspired by those women, seeing them doing kind of male dominated trades. And I thought, wow, you know, I would love to be able to do that someday. That is so cool. It's something different. And me as a kid, I was always, I was always different. I was always hanging out with the guys and, and getting muddy and stuff. So I always thought, wow, if I could do something like that, that would be cool. I so love that you said that. And and I I've said it before and I say I'll say it again. All of us women, the all those times where maybe we're frustrated, maybe we're frustrated with a project, maybe we're frustrated with the folks that we're working with, and maybe we're frustrated that we don't feel that we're getting the opportunities that we should or whatever it is. The big key is is some little girl is watching you from somewhere. Yes. And you are their inspiration. Yeah, I think you have that bang the head on the nail, Jamie. That's exactly how I feel. That is why I do Femcanic Garage. It's to help share the stories of amazing women like yourself and also to remind women that 
even though you're doing that daily grind, to remind you that there is some little girl, and you may not even see her. She may mm-hmm. be sitting in the car, riding with her mom or dad, looking out the window, and they see you, just like you saw that construction worker. Yeah. In that moment, you inspired them. That's what it's about. Oh, I love it. I love Good that. stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job? I would say mainly uh, I'm a talkative person. So I think right away I ask my boss or another mechanic that's in the shop for their opinion. If it's something about work, just, hey, what do you think this could be? Um, Other than outside of that, if I'm just at home, you know, working on something, um, I would say YouTube and Google are my best friends. Uh, the mechanic doctor, I use their stuff all the time. As well as the school bus fleet forum for when I'm at work and I have those really tough electrical problems. And somebody out there, I'm sure, has has had it before. I just kind of type in what's going on with the bus there. And usually there's you know a couple other people have had the same problem and they have suggestions you know, this is what we did and it worked, or this is what we did and it didn't work. And that always helps me at work too when my boss and I are both stuck. Also, um, Patrice Banks, her book, I love it. I bought it and I gave one to my mother for Christmas because she's terrible looking after her vehicle. That's not definitely not her forte. It's more my dad's thing. Um, So she for people just starting out and just wanting to look after their car to know what engine lights mean. um, That's a beautiful place to start. Good call out. Giving props to fellow female as well. Love it. (laughs) Shelby, what excites you most about what you do? I would say inspiring other young women and maybe young men to follow their dreams. I've met a ton of, um, even young guys in high school that I went to high school with that come to me for advice, like, Hey, Shelby, I want to pursue a career in mechanics. Where do I start? Or what tools do I need to start? And I love just being able to give them advice. That's what excites me about being in my career is that people do take me seriously. And, and once in a while I do inspire people to follow their dreams, whatever that may be. What is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck, unsupported, or discouraged? I think I have a two-part kind of answer to your question. When I feel unsupported or discouraged, I tend to think of the support group that I have. Uh, I have such an amazing support group of people I'm very lucky to have these people that, you know, believe in in me and what I do. And they're very proud of how much I've accomplished um, and how far I've come. When I was 16 years old, I didn't even know how to change my own oil. And here I am pulling engines apart. So um, I definitely think of those people and how proud they are of me. And that helps me get through a lot of things if I'm having a bad day or something. And And I think part two is I kind of give myself a pep talk. Um, something my transportation supervisor said to me was, you know, he was working on a part of the engine 
and he was getting frustrated. And so I can ask him, Oh, you, you know, are you getting frustrated over there? And he goes a little bit, but he said, you know what? It's just nuts and bolts and I'm going to win in the end. And so I started laughing. And then when I thought about it, I thought, you know what, that's a great way to think about things. So now when I'm frustrated and something seized or not coming off or not going together properly, I always kind of say to myself, you know, you're going to win. It's just a machine. You're going to win in the end. So you just got to keep trying. And even if you need to take a break to cool off for a bit and then come back, once you've kind of thought it over a little bit, usually it works better the second time. What is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades? I would say don't give up. Keep trying, keep being persistent and determined. You'll reach your goals in the long run. Uh, don't let anyone tell you that girls don't make good mechanics or doctors or anything or whatever you want to pursue because it doesn't matter who or what you are or where you came from. I think you alone are responsible for what you become. Don't let anyone else define you. Let you define you. Let your work define you. Spoken like a true mentor. (laughs) Thank you. Shelby, where and how can people connect with you? Uh, They can connect with me on The Mechanic Doctor just by reading my articles or on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Miss Shelby Lynn. Lynn is with two L's underscore XO. Shelby, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat. I have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation tonight with you. And thank you, Jamie, for having me. It's been such a pleasure. My honor. Hi, I'm Shelby Levitsky. I'm a heavy duty mechanic and I'm a femcanic. The owners of Breaks for Breasts are in the driver's seat next. Laura Frank and Leanne Best share their story of how the idea of the company started, all the way to raising over $750,000 for the Cleveland Clinic Breast Cancer Vaccine Research Fund. Be sure to tune in and help spread the word about this great cause. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?